Welcome to the St. Andrews Faculty Podcast. Today, we have a special treat for you all. Kevin Lewis, head of school at St. Andrews Episcopal School, who has also served as our CFO, and Kathy Davis, who is our current math lab coordinator, but also has served in positions of upper school math teacher, math department chair, head of the upper school, and many other roles. We are excited to have them both join, primarily because of their combined experience in various positions and years spent in the independent school world. The topic for the podcast is still in the vein of accountability. We are going to grapple with how that looks in school administration and how the administrative structure has changed over the last 75 years. Please forgive the outside noise, as this was recorded the Friday after our Thursday senior football game and the weekend before Halloween. We had a lot of excited people out in the hallway, and schools will be schools. We're very excited to have you. Which I gotta ask. I mean, Kat. So I, um, I, I I love to talk to Kathy Davis. We we got to we had the opportunity Mm -hmm. to have coffee once, um, and I just didn't even know what questions to ask her because she's done. You've done so many different pieces. Do you have Everything. a favorite role mm-hmm. that you have played at St. Andrews and why? I do. I absolutely have a favorite role, and it was my first one. Uh, oh. I started here in 1989 without a title, but I started in the summer okay. to build the schedule for the upper school, mm-hmm. and I was able to work two days with the person who had been the scheduler <laughs> for the last, I don't even know how long, five or six years. So I was able to work with him for two days. He moved from the Jackson area. And of course, at the time, no cell phones, no texting. I do remember calling him only a couple of times, building the schedule that summer. But I was also uh, responsible for all of the academic counseling that went on in the upper school and the curriculum uh, in the upper school. And I think that was my favorite role Mm. because I was also teaching a full load. So I taught four math classes. I remember that first year I taught one section of Algebra 1, one of Geometry, one of Algebra 2, and then one of a senior math combination Mm -hmm. course. And I don't even remember, you know, what the content of those uh, courses were for that senior year. But I loved that role because I was in touch with my own teaching and students, but then also, you know, the curriculum and the the scheduling for some people and for me, uh, I'm one of those who thinks it's fun. It's a puzzle. It's It's a puzzle. And I looked back, there were 196 students in the upper school that first year. Okay. I looked back. I, that was more than I remembered, uh, but I did look back and yes, I had to count them in a yearbook to find (laughs) the number, but that was my favorite role. That is so, I need to teach a class is what I'm learning from this. I would love to. Well, Well, and, and, you know, that's one thing that I probably would be better later to say, but in my years, my early years at St. Andrews, everyone taught. Every administrator. Everybody Uh taught a class, including the headmaster. Mm -hmm. Uh, The headmaster who hired me left before I actually started. He and I never actually met in person. You know, we negotiated everything over the phone. New headmaster came in same time I did, and we had a schedule then that allowed him to come up from the lower campus where his office was then. Well, everything except upper school was on South Campus in those days. And he drove up every day at lunchtime. We had three lunch periods and rotated through. Uh And he came up for one of those and taught a geometry class. And I mean, it was a real real geometry class. So were the classes taught 
by administrators just in upper school, or did that happen in lower school and middle school? You as know, well? I'm not. Lower school would have been more difficult mm -hmm. uh, for that to happen. I know that the head of lower school did not teach, but the associate head did. Mm -hmm. She was, I think, a fourth grade teacher okay. at the time. And middle school had, well, none of us were officially called anything. You know, we had heads of the division and everybody else just played their role. Uh -huh. And I know in middle school, there was a person who was primarily dean of students, but he also did scheduling, but he taught a full load mm -hmm. also. Uh, in the upper school, like the head of upper school taught an English class, mm -hmm. the headmaster came and taught the uh, geometry class, and really the rest of us just had roles. Yeah, on that, top of your on full top of teaching. full time teaching, mm -hmm. including coaches. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, we had one physical education instructor, and that is all that she taught. Mm -hmm. But all other coaches also taught uh, an academic subject. Yeah, when I started at, at St. Andrews. Um, there were hardly any outside coaches, community coaches. Oh, right. It's that's just right. not a thing. And that's evolved over the years. And um, less teachers coaching, administrators coaching, and it's just mm -hmm. become more separate in some ways. Yeah. So interesting. Yeah. So interesting. Well, I wonder if we can back up a minute while we have Kevin here, because we have been doing this whole season about accountability using the premise of this was the theme our head of school set for us yes. this yes. year yes. and yes. not actually. So I, I would love to hear about your heart. Um, and I don't even know if that's the word you would say is our theme, but something around that in, in, in sort of starting the year and, and where your heart and mind was with that word. Well, I think, uh, Julie, you've talked a lot in our professional development this year about high expectations and strong supports. And I think that, um, it's, it's so relevant in so many different ways at the school. And, uh, you know, we've related it to our learning supports and a number of things. And uh, when I think about accountability, um, I think about that the same concept and what is our, um, you know, what are the strong supports that we provide to one another uh, as, as we all work together and, um, and we all need each other. Mm. And so when, uh, if there's uh, a, whether it's the administration needing the faculty, the faculty needing the, the students, it's not it's not just linear. We all mm -hmm. work together as a community, and um, I just think that we need to be able to provide those supports to one another when we can. And so in that way, we're accountable to one another um, in, in a number of ways. That's beautiful. Thanks. Yeah. So I'm just going to start with the first question we have here. Um, how has the administrative structure evolved over the years? And I guess what is the administration? Because like, I think for that, that's kind of a nebulous thing for me. Because like, is administration the development office? Is administration like Cassie? I mean, what, I, I don't know. I don't either. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I, 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 yeah. I really know it is nebulous. Yeah. And, like, and we, we often talk about, okay, who, who are teachers, who are staff, who are administrators? Mm -hmm. And uh, we, we all serve different functions. Uh, but but how we define and label, I think, is, is something that we'll never be able to completely do. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we index, uh, uh, we, we, or we benchmark, rather, with a group called Index, and we're always having to try to put people in buckets mm -hmm. so that we can make comparisons with other schools. But when you think about, you know, somebody like the school nurse, you know, is, that, is she an administrator or is she faculty? Because she's obviously... Uh, supporting the educational function of the school, but she's also has a lot of administrative work. 
uh, librarians, you, Holly. I mean, there's just, there's a lot of folks that are, in, that are it's a more nebulous thing. And I guess at the end of the day, does it really matter? Mm-hmm. Um, I, as long as we're all, you know, continuing to support one another uh, and, and trying to, to accomplish the goals of our position mm-hmm. and the, the mission of the school, I don't know that it, it does matter. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, so to that point, I would say like Lauren was given a title like um, Director of Wellness. I think Christy DeLauder, or what, um, they were given like direct, like there there were a lot of director things created mm-hmm. like in the last few mm-hmm. years, maybe to address some of that. Did, um, so was some that of that was, it, it's related to uh, the prior mission or vision statement rather. Mm-hmm. And uh, as we were looking at things like uh, wellness as, as part of that, the vision for that, five-year plan, I think that the, the previous head uh, saw a need to create some type of leadership structure uh, around that to kind of create, um, uh, to make sure that we're fulfilling the goals of that vision, right. I think was the, some of the structure that, uh, that, that was envisioned okay. related to that. So you started out by saying when you first started the development office, it's like, a person and an assistant. A person and, and so, I, I, if I remember correctly, a person and a part-time assistant. What was, yeah. what was just the administration like when you, I guess, began? And- Gosh, when, obviously there was a head of school and in the financial office, there was a business manager and Jan Graber. Um, then in admissions was one person for the entire school. Uh, development was the one and a half. What would I be leaving out? Um, and then you had heads of school? Had heads of the division. Oh, yeah. sorry. No, heads well, heads of division. And then there were persons who, who sort of were assistant heads. Yes, but also full-time teachers. Yeah, the, the first headmaster that I worked for, he was here five years. And he did establish some titles, mm-hmm. and there were associate heads of the divisions. Okay. Uh, and so those titles had their beginnings uh, in those days. There were folks who served as deans of students, okay. and for good communication purposes, you know, they would be called dean of students, yeah. you know, for communicating with parents and so forth. That was important. But again, you know, they were full-time teachers, and if, if something happened and a dean of students needed to address issues with students, the students either had to sit and wait until class was over uh, or the person had to be pulled out of class. Okay. Uh, so uh, so it, was, it was a leaner uh, number of people. there, And I don't remember there being weekly meetings you know, mm. that sort of thing. It was sort of as needed. Okay. Uh, the division heads communicated with each other, but not in extremely formalized ways. Okay, not uh, that so, I remember. Yeah, I, also, I, I, emails. Yeah, I was just like, oh, there was yeah, no emails. There were no, no Google Docs. 89. And you're no not Google. meeting? Is it, are there little like pieces of paper and mailboxes? Oh, absolutely. That are like, oh, yes. hey, put this. In oh, your news? Mem- mem- memos. 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 We had memos. We had envelopes. Okay. You know, that were the communication envelopes. And once a day, somebody picked up the mail because we did not mail anything directly from the upper school. Everything went to the lower oh. school and was processed mm-hmm. there. Hmm. So once a day, someone drove everything down there. And if there was communication, it would be, you know, memo form, uh, pieces of paper. I mean, when I think of the sheer volume of text messages, Google chats, and emails per day um, among 
often administrators, Absolutely. but also faculty and faculty to faculty and faculty mm-hmm. admin and admin to faculty. Like, was there a sense was there a sense of like there's not enough communication or did it feel like we were great like if you needed something you walked to their room you did you walked to their room or you picked up the phone however this campus had maybe three telephones on it you know in this building when i started yeah so not even in every teacher's oh absolutely oh no absolutely not not even in every faculty office were there phones uh there was a phone in uh the administrative assistant's office. There was a phone in the upper school head office. There was not even one in the faculty workroom. Okay. We had one computer, and it was so slow that no <laughs> whoever got here first in the morning would turn it on, then go make coffee, maybe put up some mail, and then go back, and it finally would have booted. You know, I remember. It was so slow. But yeah, we had one computer that we shared for anything that was was needed. There were not computers available for faculty until probably ninety six or seven, I guess. I don't know if like I'm horrified or, or jealous. You know, like I, I feel it was, yeah. It sounds like a beautiful And I wonder yeah. like are we just why are we sending all these things? I don't like, to, know. like I are like, we are we creating this system? Like, are we just be, are we like hyper aware? Like, do we need to like report every little thing that ha- like what is it well, that I, that's I, driving like the, 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 all of the emails and all the communication and all of the yeah. things? I, I can remember times that something would happen and someone who should have known didn't know. Sure, right. And there, we did work, I remember working very hard in an interim year for, we had, when we had an interim head, working very hard to create better communication. Yeah. If something happened on the North Campus, to stop, let someone uh-huh. on South Campus know that it had happened and vice versa, rather than carpool uh, information. So if there was along. something critical that happened in the, the community that, you, that each campus needed to know about, how did you do it? Just Phone call. But then how did the teachers the find out about it? Did you call a meeting? Sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. If it was uh-huh. Absolutely. If yeah. it was serious enough, there would have to be a called meeting. It's just so funny because communication is still the thing we talk about the most That's with right. administrators. Like how can with we all the tools. be better? How can we be better at it? And yet it's yes. So was yeah. a loudspeaker just used a, we didn't a have lot? There was we didn't even, have that there, when I started. Yeah, yeah. there was not. There was no... no And it was very intentional. It was very intentional because the sense was when it was time for class, it was time for class. And there were no interruptions unless it was a dire emergency that any kind of communication would be done at lunchtime, break time, uh, between classes, but no one interrupted a class that was going on to give an announcement. Now, we had daily announcement sheets that we could submit an announcement for, and they were read first thing in the morning. First thing in the morning, we would do... Um, the teachers would read in the classroom. Teachers would read oh, in the classrooms. Okay, yeah. uh, to the students, we had just a very quick moment of devotion, mm-hmm. you know, that sometimes was provided for us by a chaplain. We didn't always have a full-time chaplain either in those I, I had a question. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So what? So was there a weekly chapel or weekly all school yes. or weekly something in every division? I or, yes, there okay. absolutely was. Uh, we had all school meetings, mm-hmm. and one day of the week, maybe that would be student led, very much like it is now. Mm-hmm. Uh, one day a week was chapel. Mm-hmm. One day a week uh, was advisory meeting. One day a week, 
Fridays, that's when we would have pep rallies. And it was 30 minutes built into mid-morning, okay. every morning. And at one point in time, I could have told you what happened on every one of those days of the week. <laughs> I'm pretty I don't impressed remember how much I know. Uh, I know. It, it may be back in a, in a file. I did save. I've got two banker's boxes uh, in my uh, attic storage that are files from, oh, from my, my St. <laughs> we got to bring those back. Museum. Next yes. podcast. So I'm gonna I'm gonna jump to because because Kevin is here we, and I and I do think that it is important for this group to talk about like the board and and just to whom are administ to whom are administrators held accountable. So like, uh, what is the structure like? Does the Blake does Blake report to you? Do you report to the board? Like, what is that? So I like? um, I'm the only employee of the board uh, by our, our bylaws, and that's really an accreditation standard too. The the board does not um, have any other reports than the head, so they have. Their, their main charge is really to, um, to evaluate me, to hire me, to terminate me, whatever they need to do. Me being the head, not me being Kevin Lewis. But, <laughs> but, uh, that, but that is their, uh, that's one of their primary functions. Uh, beyond that, they do not get involved in who I hire um, or any of those decisions, how I structure the departments, how I structure my uh, senior leadership team, uh, any of those things. So I'm accountable to the board. Um, I think in, in terms of structure, I'm accountable to the board, I, but I'm accountable to so many more people than that, right? I'm accountable to all of you. I'm accountable to our faculty to make sure you have the resources that you need to do your job. I'm accountable to the parents to make sure we're fulfilling the mission of the school. I'm accountable to the students to make sure we're fulfilling that mission. And as a 501c3 not-for-profit, um, we are all accountable to the general public to make mm -hmm. sure that we're um, uh, bettering our society. And as an educational institution, we're certainly doing that. And at St. Andrews, we're you know, especially doing that. But, um, but we do have accountability in, in all of those areas. Uh, in, in terms of how the uh, administration is structured, we do have a senior leadership team. And um, we've talked different times about how we define that, how we you know, even label that. Uh, but it is, right now I have uh, 12 direct reports uh, that all report to me, and um, that's a lot, quite frankly. There are other schools that have uh, a more lean uh, structure of how many people report to the, to the head. So, um, so there's the academic function of the school, the, the operational function of the school, the spiritual function, all of those. I think it's really important that I have my hands directly mm -hmm. in all those areas. That is, uh, that's the way we've, we've structured things and with everyone else in the school reporting up to, to one of those, um, one of those folks. So, um, I guess there's always been like a senior leadership team of some sort. Well, I don't know that I would say no. that and Kathy yeah. can speak to that better than I, but even when I started here, uh -huh. uh, I was the business officer at the time and we would have weekly staff meetings and it was most of the administration, the you know, quote administration, uh, were in that room where, you know, people just kind of went around the room and gave a, a report for the week, you know, mm -hmm. and it could have been done in an email, uh, some of what we did. Uh, it was not really strategic uh, work. It was more uh, functional and making sure that really communication among all of us was clear about what was going on. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that changed. Uh, George Penick actually was the one that created the, the kind of concept of senior leadership team. And that's very standard uh, in independent schools to have that that group. Uh, so he, but he's the one that established it here at St. Andrews. And 
Um, it works well functionally. Sometimes I worry about, and Kathy and I've had this discussion, and Kathy and I've had great discussions over the years. Let me just say, I, she's been a great advisor and, and um, colleague. Uh, but how, how, what is the perception uh, mm -hmm. among the, the staff and faculty of this group? Uh, it's, you know, I don't want it to be perceived as an exclusive group, uh, but then just, but then just practically, I can't have the whole school in a meeting every time we need to discuss something. Right. So that's, um, yeah. Yeah, know that. Makes sense. Um, so I'm going to ask uh, about, a, a, so as teachers, we have to get, you know, uh, we have to meet with our, our supervisors. Like, like I have to meet with Blake once or twice a year. We go over goals. We talk about, um, he, he does an evaluation. So, so you go through something similar like that with a with the board. And then as teachers, we also have to get um, student feedback. Like they get to do evaluations on our courses and on us and all those kind of things. And so um, I think my question here is, could there be a circular-ish system for um, administrators as well? Like, could it be that um, we as faculty or staff whatever give uh, feedback or evaluations on our administrators. Mm -hmm. Is that a, something that's ever been thought out? Has that been done it's in the past? It's, it's been, been done. done. Okay. It's, yeah, it's been, since I've been here, I don't know, we've done it a few times, hit or miss. Sometimes it's done via survey, mm -hmm. um, and it's usually done via, by a survey, yeah. I mm -hmm. guess. Kathy, you want to speak to that? Well, it's been done in the past. It has been done in the past, and probably you and I are remembering about the same times. I don't remember much prior to your being here of uh -huh. that sort of of evaluation, but yeah, it's hit or miss and, you know, surveys that were voluntary to fill out. Right. And then I don't even, I couldn't tell you what was done with the results. Yeah. You know, of those. Well, I, because we did, uh, you know, upper school faculty would do an evaluation of head of upper school, mm -hmm. as would middle and lower. Mm -hmm. And then everyone was invited to do uh, an evaluation of the head of school. But you know, I guess if someone didn't do it, you wouldn't go back to them and say, you know, right. you know. Well, you so. don't know who, who's filling yeah, out and who's not. Exactly. It was, um, I, my recollection is what was done with that data, because I was not the head at the time, but um, I, I know there were conversations and, you know, it was op opportunity during our, our reviews, because I was part of that as well. And so you said it was head of school, but it was, it was. I was part of that as the associate head, and uh, I know uh, when we had a provost, uh, he was part of that. So there was a number, a number of senior administrators that were um, part of that. I don't know that I would call it an evaluation. It was more of a kind of a feedback mechanism. Mm -hmm. you know? yeah. But then uh, that data went to the head of school at the time, and he had, you know, gave us feedback from that. I mean, I think there's so much you can learn from that circular kind of, and whether it's called an evaluation or a feedback form or a survey, whether you do focus groups or have everyone, I mean, there's so many different ways to approach it. Mm -hmm. But I, you know, remember thinking in my first meeting, when I first came at St. Andrews, I reported to both um, Julia and Clay, mm -hmm. um, sort of straddling middle and upper school. And I had a fabulous meeting with the two of them met with me together. And I, I think I remember Clay, for example, said, Julie, you should really check out this index academic leaders conference. And it was something that was really helpful to me. And I was really grateful for that feedback because I was so new to the independent school world. 
But I also kept thinking in that conversation, man, I really need this process with a subset of faculty. And can I make a survey? I, I remember asking, can I make a survey and send it out? And they were like, you could, if you want to, it would be, you know, like, <laughs> you know, naive Julie. That's like, I want all the feedback, you know? And, uh, and, and I, I do, I do wonder about, and, and I actually, I've had this same conversation with Blake's been interested in this too. Mm-hmm. Blake is specifically, we've had conversations about it, about like, is there a good way for, you know, me to get feedback and ideas for, for, because so much of our work really is with faculty, right? Mm-hmm. Or, and it, depending on your job, right? And actually maybe the head of schools is, is less constantly with faculty, but like if Kevin were to get feedback from his direct reports as well, you know, like I think, you know, in, in many yeah. ways we see the most of each other and then faculty see the most of, Blake, you know, after school faculty yeah. see so much of Blake. And um, so anyway, I, I think it, it's a really interesting idea and I think there's there's interest in it. But I think as always, the question is like in what, what mechanism is it most helpful? I mean, and it also makes me think about the student feedback that we do faculty get. Currently there is no fault there. It doesn't sort of connect to your um, job security it doesn't go into a file those those student surveys um the current line is sort of like this is really formative just for you to be aware and to get feedback and to and i think one year with julia she had me work on a reflection protocol so we we did have faculty read through their surveys and create a reflection about lessons learned and next steps um which i in a way i guess maybe was a a more systematic way of ensuring because you know there's there's no no one forces you to sit and read them mm-hmm. or, or shift. But mm-hmm. anyway, I think about I think about those things as well. And what with with each administrator, I almost think a different a different circular group of stakeholders would be more helpful, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Who know your day to day more. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So I think is there a certain model that exists for independent schools in terms of how many administrators just to have, how many faculty, and how mm-hmm. many teacher student support staff? Um, or is, is it up to each individual school? How is, what is like, how is this, cho- like how, how does this come about? So every school is different, yeah. um, okay. I would say. We do, we, uh, I think I mentioned earlier that we benchmark uh, with a group called Index, mm-hmm. and we look to see, you know, what's our, our, our faculty student ratios and uh, administrator student ratios. Mm-hmm. And, and so we, we do compare ourselves to other schools in that, that regard. Uh, in terms of structure, that is, uh, every school is different, and I actually asked, because we are in that group, we can send out surveys to other schools to find out what their administrative structures are like. And so I asked Cassie, our HR director, to uh, look recently into other schools and, and ask them to send me their, um, their flow charts, really, their, their organizational charts. And so I've been looking at some of those organizational charts from other schools, and they're all very different. different. Uh-huh. Yeah. They're all very different. Do you think they're different in title primarily, or uh, could you look at them and if you could have a conversation with those schools, find that the roles are are very similar, mm-hmm. that the the titles are different? Um, well, I guess I'm thinking about it in terms of maybe my perspective on it as, as who my direct reports are. So mm-hmm. uh, some schools just the head just has three, maybe four direct reports. Mm-hmm. And so there might be a common person that the division heads report to, and there might be a common person that most of the operational uh, people report to, that type of structure. So um, all the, the functions are handled administratively in the school by different people, different hats, different titles, but how, how that um, the reporting structure is, is, I think, is very different. It's been, you know, it's been 
good number of years since I have been, you know, directly involved with those sort of sorts of things. But in the, I, I guess, a, a real turning point in my years at St. Andrews, uh, which have not been all 75 of them, by the way, <laughs> uh, but in my years, a real turning point was when we had an interim year with an interim head who was had just retired from, oh, 30, 40 years at Hutchison School in Memphis. And he really put us on track of asking mm -hmm. the questions about what is an independent school like? Mm -hmm. What is an Episcopal school like? And he really put us on, on that track. And he's the one who established maybe some formal um, structure around mm -hmm maybe not a senior leadership team, because like you said, that was George's you know, creation, and this was uh, 10 years anyway before George, more, more than that really. But he met once a week with just the three division heads. Then he met the next week with his direct reports, and mm -hmm. I couldn't, t I certainly wouldn't you know, try to name who those were at the time. But when he had those meetings with the division heads, he wanted to meet in our offices. He didn't want to meet in his office. Mm -hmm. He came to my office mm -hmm. to meet with me as head of upper school. And he said, I want to be in your space because when you're in your space, that's where your thoughts are, mm -hmm. are the work that you do there. And so he was very intentional about some things that, that put us in a way of thinking yeah. uh, that was different. I, I cannot say it was new to St. Andrews. It was different in my years. Uh, at St. Andrews, but one, he talked so much about what does it mean to be an independent school? Uh -huh. What is it, the administrative structure? His whole thing was it needs to be lean, lean administration. Mm -hmm. And that's not always practical. That came from having been a head of school for 40 years. You learn a lot, mm -hmm. you know, in 40 years yeah. and can streamline things that yeah. that's very difficult otherwise. Mm -hmm. And I think, so, you know, something that's changed a lot in terms of administrative responsibility is really uh, regarding laws. Um, mm. You know, we have, there have been so many changes to the laws in terms of our, our responsibilities with personnel, mm -hmm. uh, with mm -hmm. now we have received grants, so grants administration, yeah. um, all of the, the accounting for all of this is, um, is yeah. just very complicated. Um, so just changing uh, dynamics of the, of the law and yeah. shifting expectations of parents and oh, the yeah, amount of communication and front loading and in the same way that we had fewer administrators we also had fewer um student support folks mm -hmm. we, we had when not. i started here you know the, the learning facilitators right. the counselors the chaplains that those numbers have increased kind of at the same rate as administrators mm -hmm. yeah. uh have uh since i've by necessity that's right. Yeah, and it is changing parent expectations that with, with those services, but the services come with administrative um, roles as well. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, when the, the facilities, the expectations of parents in regard to facilities, you've know, you got to have a facilities director instead of just a mm -hmm. maintenance person mm -hmm. managing facilities, those types of. And I think that maybe there have been some shifts in philosophy in the independent school world. Because when I first started, one of the tenets that you would read about with independent schools is we are not for everyone. Uh -huh. and, and now, you know, certainly we are not for, St. Andrews is not the right school for every child, but we do offer more opportunity for more students to find success at St. Andrews. And in terms of um, social emotional learning and yeah. expectations that, yes. that, um, that parents have and 
and not just at St. Andrews, but everywhere. And that yeah, is absolutely. that is something that I don't know if you rewound 30 years ago, people would even think that was the school responsibility. Mm. You know? Not as much. Absolutely not. Do you have any final words? Uh, yeah. <laughs> do you have any? I have, a, I have another question, but or we, we could, do your, we could what's not. Your, what's your question? Or, you're you're it's, okay, so basically, and I'll say that just from working in public school, we would get board minutes, uh, we would get top, we would get the, the meetings were um, public, you know, you could go to these things, you could speak at these things. Um, is is that the system here when there's board mm. meetings? Are there minutes that are released to the faculty, to the parents? Um, they are not, but I don't know that they've ever been asked for. And I don't know what the, the rules would be. And I don't know, I don't know the answer to that question. Okay. <laughs> I, just, I don't know, nobody's ever asked that. Uh, nobody's ever asked to see the minutes, uh, except for board members. And um, I did, yeah. In, in the past, there's been conversation or questions asked by faculty members of why don't we have a representative? Oh, on know, the board. At, yeah. Either yeah. on the board or at the board meetings. Mm. I think there's a difference there. I see. You mm -hmm. know? Mm -hmm. And um, some, some independent schools on their websites will have a summary of the minutes, but I'm assuming those would have been from the general session general and not office. executive yeah. session certainly. Yeah. of the board. Uh, mm -hmm. Certainly. Uh, of who reported on what and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. uh, and then... Uh, I have a daughter who's on the board of an independent school and where her children go. And, you know, they may do a blurb in their newsletter okay. once a quarter. I think they only meet once a quarter. Uh, where they talk about what happened. What happened at the board. Mm -hmm. you know, uh -huh. board yeah. So it's not the detailed know. minutes. So no, 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 not yeah. at all. Uh, but I don't know that that in particular has ever been, been asked for. I, I, it just, I think, creates a, an additional layer of transparency and trust. Mm -hmm. um, and just helps the community overall to just think that we're such a separate function yeah. that's right. like just closed doors right. and you can't yeah. like and I'm so glad you said them. transparency yeah. and trust mm -hmm. together mm -hmm. because Kevin cannot be transparent in everything no. right so therefore the trust factor which I feel Kevin has so. becomes yeah. important to the transparency yeah you know that you can be transparent mm -hmm. about what you can be transparent about and then there are certain things that you absolutely cannot be for protection of the right. the individuals. So therefore, we have our trust in you. Yes. That yeah. you know the difference. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's beautiful. Yes. Trust, transparency. Mm -hmm. no. They have to go together. Accountability. I don't know about you, but I left this conversation with a better understanding of what accountability at the administrative level means. It is definitely a topic I hear mentioned every year by various folks, and I am glad that we have been able to provide a broader context. This is our penultimate podcast for the 2022 fall semester. We look forward to wrapping up the season with our final episode, which will be out in two weeks. We are so grateful to all of our guests and helpers, particularly Daniel Rowers and his amazing talents and patience.